Okay, Google, play the Sideline Hustle podcast. Sure, the Sideline Hustle football podcast. Here's where you left off. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Drew Lieberman. I'm slow packing. <laughs> Our days here are numbered. Even the way we've come up in the world, think about it. We've created the website ourselves. We've made this podcast ourselves. Like everything's been done just by us hustling. And you are now listening to the Sideline Hustle Podcast. We talk about doing this show. Yeah, we, we laugh and we joke and we complain about how hard we work. But if we didn't love to coach, we wouldn't be doing it. I want the good guys in. Get them out of there. I want the good guys in. To me, I think we're broadcasting the day-to-day life of what college football is. From the sidelines, we gotta hustle cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. We're back. Good to be back in the the brand new Sideline Hustle headquarters. Good to be back. Yeah, the new podcast studio in Montclair, New Jersey. I'm here with, with your boy Gary Nova. Yes, yes. Uh, gonna be a, a, a quick little sideline hustle update. Um, <clears throat> for those of you guys who follow us on social media, uh, you probably saw that Gary was just named the offensive coordinator at Paramus Catholic, and uh, I just accepted the wide receiver's job at Don Bosco Prep. So now there's a little sideline hustle rivalry going on. which a is little gonna, rivalry. Yeah, which is going to be Friendly dope. Friendly rivalry. For sure. Um, so we're just going to give you guys just kind of an update of, you know, it's, it's been a while since we were on a podcast together. Give you a quick update as, as, to, as to what we've been doing, um, you know, why, why we took these jobs and, and what we expect in the future. So let's get into it, G. Like, talk to us about how, you know, how this, this opportunity at Paramus Catholic came about and, and why you chose to become the offensive coordinator there. So before, before Paramus Catholic, I was at Elmwood Park, and uh, that was the town I grew up in. I was helping the kids, uh, the head coach there, Tom Mulligan. Uh, he's a great dude, just wanted to help him out. And the only way I was going to leave there was to get an offensive coordinator job at the, in the Big North and um, got offered a couple jobs as quarterback coach, but I wasn't going to leave the kids at Owen Park for just a quarterback coach. So... Uh, Coach Whitehead, I met with him at PC when he got the job, and I know there was a lot of like, you know, negative stuff being said about him. But once I met with him, he seemed like a really good dude, and he offered me the job, and it was just a great opportunity. They have a lot of talent. Um, you know, it's close to where I live, and the commute's not crazy, and, um, and I'm just really excited about it. It's gonna be a really good opportunity for me. And you've been there. What? It's been it's been about two weeks, a week by now. Yeah, about two weeks, and just really been. I barely know the kids' names on the team. You know, I'm still trying to learn them. Um, still, the staff's just getting put together. We have our first staff meeting in about two hours today. <laughs> and, you know, we're kind of just scrambling, getting the schedule together and uh, figuring out what we're, you know, kind of our mission plan going forward. And it's cool. It's exciting. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh, Bosco-wise, I'm the head coach of Bosco, Mike Teal, is one of my best friends. He's been, he's been like the closest thing I've had to an older brother. We worked together at Rutgers. And early on at Rutgers, I was... Like I always was speaking out of line and in meetings and stuff. And Coach Friesen would tell me I did something wrong. I'm like, nah, Coach, I didn't do it wrong. You you, you gave me the wrong instructions. And the Mike, players respected it, though. Yeah, the, the, players, play, the players did. Yeah. Uh, but Mike used to pull me in after staff. He was like, yo, will you just shut the F up? You're going to get yourself fired. And he was like very good. Like He was looking out for me all the time. So we, we became close. And uh, he wanted me to come on board last season, but I was finishing my master's up at Wesleyan. And, uh, you know, I really felt like I needed to see it out with those receivers. And we ended up having a lot of success up there. So that, that was good. But... As soon as I knew I wanted to move back down to the New Jersey area, 
it worked out where his his receiver's job came open at the same time so it ended up being perfect timing and it, it was a no-brainer for me because i've always wanted to work with mike in this capacity i've always wanted to work in the big north too like i've been to i've only been to two of these games for recruiting trips and stuff but they've been amazing like i went to the semifinal game two years ago it was it was uh bergen catholic and st peter's and it was like the crowd was sold out and it was crazy it looked that felt like college football yeah, so it's I, like a mini college football yeah industry. So I'm really excited. I'm not as familiar with the league and everything as you are, but you know, I've, I've been there. I've been working there for about two months. Officially announced it last week. I was just waiting until I finished everything at Wesleyan. Just just got my master's degree, but I'm excited, man. I think I think it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be competitive. I think both of our teams are pretty underestimated right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's PC, you know, like I said, a lot of people have been having backlash at you know the hire or whatever's, but you know, I kind of love that stuff. Nobody's expecting anything from us. You know, people are. You know, saying our kids are transferring and all this stuff. There's just so much talk, and you know, once training camp comes in the first game, you know, I think we'll be, we'll prove a lot of people wrong. So I'm excited about it. No doubt, and it's similar with us, man. We uh, like for anyone who knows Bosco, we got we got the running back Jalen Berger, who's like a five star kid. You know, offered by Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, like everyone. Um, but we have we had five Division One prospects in the offensive line last year. All of them left. We have zero starts amongst our offensive line. Um, coach Teal, Mike Teal, last year he was running the offense and he was the head coach. He gave up the offense this year, which I think is going to be great for the program. So we can oversee everything and kind of be more of like the figurehead and the guy who's running the program. I think it's going to be really good. So we hired an offensive coordinator, Dennis McCoola, who's been a longtime New Jersey coach, high school football coach. He was at Del Barton for a few years, was at Hofstra, and he's been doing a phenomenal job. I think he's going to bring a lot of good things, and, and I'm trying to bring you know to bring some passion, but. I think I think we are also very underestimated. Um, we were two and eight last year and, and lost a lot of talent, so I don't think people expect much from us. But I, I, you know, being there, I'm pretty impressed with, with what I've seen so far, and I think I think we'll su- surprise some people as well. For sure, I remember even when, when I was at Bosco playing PC, you always knew they had a lot of talent, and um, you know now I think you know they've won a bunch of state championships over the past few years. And I think there's a winning culture there, and I think everybody's kind of sleeping on us with you know Coach Whitehead. But I think he's gonna do a great job, and he's putting together the best staff he can this late in the game. And we got some young guys, and you know, just from seeing the team run and lift, and we got some dudes that can play. So I'm excited to kind of just put the offense together around the guys we got, and and go out there and ball. What do you think the uh, the biggest challenge will be for you now that two weeks in? Um, I think just just the, the youth. We got pretty much our whole team's gonna be sophomores, sophomores and juniors, and guys that have first year playing experience. So I think kind of just, you know, bringing them along with what, you know, I want to do, what Coach Whitehead wants to do in the direction. And then also, you know, not trying to lose, trying to win games at the same time. Right, you right, know? Right. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. trying to teach and do all this stuff and t- bring them along slowly, but also still win. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. It's similar. It's similar for us. I think we're, we're really young. And I think one thing we've talked about is, is what you just touched on a little bit is, is finding ways not to lose games. Like, don't beat yourself. You remember when Coach Friedgen took over at Rutgers, the first staff, the first team meeting he ever had, he said, listen, we're going to be good because we're, we're not going to beat ourselves. Remember, he had that 12% rule where it's like you if you the number of sacks turnovers penalties and drop passes those four mistakes divided by the number of plays in a game if that's under 12 percent you'll win every game and he, he says he's never lost a game with that under 12 percent and that that holds true and i think that's a big thing for us is, is focusing on those areas let's not make the mistakes are going to beat ourselves and then let our ta- that will give our, our talent the best chance to win and i think with a young team that's the biggest thing the reason why young teams lose games is because they don't have the experience they make crucial mistakes when it counts and i think if we can prevent that all the other stuff will, will kind of take care of itself. For sure. I think for us, something that we're, you know, trying to do now is just the mentality of our team. You know, X's and O's will kind of take care of themselves. You know, guys are going to mess up. They're young dudes. 
But as long as they're just playing hard and have a great mentality and tough, you know, they'll make plays. They're talented enough where they'll make the plays. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. So how do you feel like this? Like we've So, you know, we, we've been really working a lot together since I moved here three months ago, like really trying to, we're trying a little bit changing the direction of the sideline hustle where I think a lot of people think it's just a podcast and we're really trying to just make it into like an, an educational resource where we've been doing the teach shapes online that have been really, you know, really, really good for us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and, and now we've been, we've been training kids in New Jersey and trying to offer, you know, a different style of training where it's more football focused, not necessarily speed and agility or strength or anything like that, but we offer film study with it. Like we'll bring laptops and iPads to the fields, you know, study film with the kids, offer them real recruiting advice based on, you know, my experience as a coach at the D1 level, your experience playing at the D1 level, um, and just trying to just help as many kids as possible. And, and I think we're both really excited about this because it really gives us deep roots in New Jersey football, where I think that, that this will help us just create, you know, a, a bigger movement of sideline hustle training and, and helping kids. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about, about what your expectations are with that. No doubt. We're just growing the brand. And I think it's kind of, you know, funny how everything works out. Now you move to Jersey and then, you know, weeks later, you know, we start getting a million views. It's just going to help us become better coaches. And then that's going to help us get better training no get to, to, other, to other kids, you know, and it's the best, the best, probably the best league in the country to be coaching in. It's just going to grow everything together. I'm excited, man. I think, I think, we can hope to offer something a little unique, really quarterback training that is very um, relatable to in-game experiences. Same with the wide receiver stuff. You know, we're, we're working on the art of playing wide receiver, how you're going to get open, the different techniques and different situations. It's not how many times can you chop around this cone. Like, you never get dizzy while running a football route. So <laughs> yeah. why, why are you going back and forth? Like, this is like, hey, it's, a, it's an outside leverage corner playing cover two. You're going to stretch, release him, attack his leverage, win inside, and really talking about game situations I think will help these kids so that now they can think back. Like, I know at Wesley and I did this, and, and we ended up breaking every record. It helped them a lot because we would be in-game, and they'd be like, coach, he's doing this. I'd be like, yo, it's just like this drill we did in practice because try to take time to make these drills something that you're going to see in the game. I think that's a, a lot of what you're doing with the quarterbacks as well. Yeah, I think in college, I, you know, something that hurt me, you know, probably my playing career, but it helped me as a coach is having the different four, the four different coordinators in four years. But I also got to see, you know, I have such a good perspective on, you know, what I think works for me and what will help a quarterback. You know, I've probably done every quarterback drill you could possibly do, but a lot of the drills you can you can do and you can become good at the drills and then you get in the game and there's no carryover. So like you said, you know, you can do all the drills you want, but if you can't take a five-step drop, hold the safety, and then throw that seam 18 to 22, you know, what's the point? So a lot of the training, you know, obviously you need to do some of the, some of the cone drills just to have, you know, good body posture and just train muscle memory and all that stuff. But then you got to put, you know, game situation drills. You know, you got to... Throw at different art angles, throw off balance, you know, but then also work just throwing the three-step slant over and over and over again and throwing the hitch and throwing the go ball and just doing the stuff over and over so in the game you don't have to think about it. There's so much stuff you have to worry about, the quarterback, the defense, you know, the play call, you know, getting all that stuff right. You don't need to be worrying about, oh, do I need to take five and a hitch exactly. here? or That's got to be second nature. Exactly. It just got to happen. Yeah. So that's what I'm really trying to do with, with these young guys because – all they all they do in these camps and all this stuff is they're just worried about you know five and a hitch, they're just worried about making it look good and but no it's not about that. it needs to translate yeah it needs to be balanced and you need to translate and everybody wants to throw the ball 100 miles an hour exactly you know, like everybody wants to throw a fastball like you need to be a thrower you can't just be a fastball you know throwing like a closer in a game it's similar it's similar with receiver man I tell these guys all the time these young kids like you very very rarely should be running a route at receiver at 100 percent. 
Like maybe if you're running a go route, you're fuck, you're, you're on your crazy. horse, right? It doesn't, but like like you play receiver, you're playing at 88 to 94 percent and kind of mixing up change of speed. Like that's how you have body control. Like you're you're very rarely running a curl route. You can't sprint as fast as you can 12 yards and then turn around efficiently. Like teaching the kids the art of wide receiver that way. And uh, you know, like I, I've been lucky enough to learn from I, what I think is some of the best receivers coaches in the country. Obviously, we both had an opportunity to work with Coach Friedgen, but. You know the goat, the goat for sure. Uh, but but Ben McDaniel's man, Josh McDaniel's younger brother, is is unbelievable at teaching the technique of receiver, and I learned everything from him. And then I was able to work for Anthony Campanelli when he was a wide receivers coach at, at Rutgers for a year. And his ability to connect with players, motivate players, and, and get them to buy into what he's preaching is, is really incredible. And, and I feel blessed that I've learned from those two guys. I've been able to take what they've taught me, create a system that's kind of my own that, that we proved at Wesleyan. And, and I'm excited to, to bring WRU to, to, to North Jersey, man, and, and try and get this thing going and help, help as many kids as possible. For sure. Just trying to grow IQB. And, you know, I kind of just was kind of hesitant on how to do something. Like, I always wanted to start my own quarterback training stuff, but didn't know how to do it. So I think it's it's cool that I just, you know, came up with the name and just launched it and just figuring it out as you go. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just trying to help as many kids as possible. Because I know I, I didn't have that training available to me. You know, obviously I was in a great place at Bosco with Nunzio Campanelli and was learning great stuff. But if somebody would have just had – Nunzio was also running the whole team, the whole offense, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I would have had somebody just to focus on my feet and focus on, you know, being balanced and teaching me how to throw and all that stuff, probably would have helped me, you know, get a little better every day and even further my career. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the future, excited for this season. It's going to be, I think, fun to document each of our journeys, you know, taking on a new job. This will be, I guess, my second real full-time wide receivers job would be your your second your second full-time position job your first as offensive coordinator and it's gonna be a fun story it is it really is it's gonna create a lot of excitement I think when more more and more people start you know joining our movement and seeing you know the stuff that we're you know producing I think they're gonna be really you know intrigued by what we got going on and then like you said this the the little friendly rivalry is just gonna help it and it's just gonna be a fun story to you know keep dragging along during the season no doubt so if you don't already gary mentioned this a little bit but the last 28 days we've had 1.5 million impressions on twitter that's mostly from the teach shape videos we've been doing so if you haven't seen those already check those out man they've been the teach shapes have been a really cool tool for uh you know for teaching kids the the art of playing wide receiver through social media which i think is such a powerful mechanism um on top of that, we just we just released our first line of, of Sideline Hustle t-shirts. Go get those shirts. Yeah, check those out. Go to the sidelinehustle.com. You'll see a huge button that says shop and uh, support the movement. Get yourself a t-shirt. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram if you got any feedback. If there's anything anything more you guys want to hear about you know, our jobs in the Big North and, and what to expect, we'll answer all those. Um, and you know, we're just we're just trying to trying to build this engagement back up and, and get the podcast rolling. Episode 19 which will be the first episode of season two um, of the Sideline Hustle podcast that's coming out soon. That's going to cover all the off-season stuff from, from going to pro day, preparing for the draft, uh, training after the draft, OTAs, and, and also you know all summer recruiting and all that stuff. So kind of get you guys up to speed as to what the profession's been up to uh, from the end of the season till now, and then we'll keep rolling with it. Good to be back, man. Good to be back. We got to hustle because we got to eat. I'm going to put a song on the map. Hey. Gone and I ain't looking back. Yeah. I know they gon' feel it like they take on me. I promise, baby, you can bet the bank on me. Cause ain't nobody tell me what I ain't gon' be no more. You thinking I'm a fuck? Don't be so sure. I wish somebody made guidelines. On how to get up yeah. off the sideline. I made it to the rack even though they tried boxing me out. I got the key to the game. They tried lock me out. 
But what they don't understand is this is all planned It's a bigger picture and you can't photoshop me out Some ask me why Jay never shout me out Like I'm supposed to give a f Don't you know that I'll be out in France Where the fans throw their hands like Pacquiao Not cause my looks, cause my hooks can knock Rocky out And my lines is designed from the heart Young Simba been aligned from the start Dumb niggas y'all been lying from the start My life like a movie, truly And these niggas is dying for the part But you never play me like LeBron versus Jordan 20 years wonder who they gon' say was more important Both changed the game, came through and made a lane Who's to say that who's great? All we know they ain't the same Hey, I'ma put us all on the map Gone and I ain't looking back I know they gon' feel it like they tank on me I promise, baby, you can bet the bank on me Cause ain't nobody tell me what I ain't gon' be no more You thinkin' I'ma fall, don't be so sure <laughs> I wish somebody made guidelines On how to get up off the sidelines